Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today, the subject of my teaching is one that occupies the mind of every born-again believer from time to time, and the struggles most of us are experiencing in being able to hear and discern the voice of the Good Shepherd. So, the title of my message is Discerning the Voice of the Good Shepherd. Nevertheless, Jesus did say, if you recall, that his sheep always hear his voice and they follow him. Did he say that? Praise God. So, in our study today, we are going to look at some of the reasons or some of the difficulties that we encounter in discerning and hearing His voice. Is that interesting enough for you? (laughs) And this doesn't just happen with new believers. Even believers who have been in the Lord for many years in church, they still struggle uh, to discern and to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, even though Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Did he say that? Well, let's look at uh, John, John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 14. And John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. We're going to read both of those portions of Scripture, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Jesus is speaking, and He says, I am the Good Shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Okay. So, uh, let me share a little bit about my own testimony in regard to this issue that um, I've chosen to speak on today. And throughout my journey of faith, I have always endeavored from the early stages of my walk with the Lord to develop and to grow in this area, to grow my ability to discern and to recognize the voice of my Good Shepherd. As I look back over the years, now 46 years of walking with the Lord, I can see clearly that every step of faith I took in major decisions, I'm talking about decisions that could alter the course of my life and my family, 
I'm talking about those kind of decisions. Every step of faith and every decision that I made in regard to that was inspired and was birthed by hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd. I have nothing to brag about. I thank God for His grace that supernaturally or without anybody teaching me along those lines, I've endeavored to grow my ability and to hear what the Lord would say to me on every issue, especially major, major issues that would involve changes. I recall I was going to a very small church in Masvingo, and, um, and someone approached me one day because they, they studied my life. I was a member of the church for a, for a long time, and they said, Andrea, we never see you going to the pastor any time. You never talk about your problems. What do you do? I say, I go to the Lord. I talk to him. I receive wisdom from him. And they were taken aback as though I am from another planet. They would run to the pastor with every little issue they had. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you keep doing that, you never develop your own ability to receive direction from the Lord. And believe me, there is no substitute for hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd. No one can replace that. Did you hear me? No one can replace that. So, uh, praise God. So, as a result of seeking the Lord's face and obeying His voice, I was led and continue to be led, even after so many years, to a place of what I would call a spiritual rest, uh, a rest, a place of blessing, a place of prosperity, so that I can be in a position not only to bless my own family, but to bless many others as well. And that's God's purpose for every single one of us. Amen? Amen. I recall the very first time I heard his voice was the first night I was born again. On the first week of August of 1976. And that very night on my knees, I knelt down and I asked the Lord what he wanted me to do in regards to my marriage, which was already on the rocks. I'll never forget that evening. And his guidance was very clear. His, his instruction was very precise. Not an audible voice, but a deep knowing within. He said, go back to your wife whom you have left in Zimbabwe, and I will help you to restore your marriage. That's all he said. Well, I made arrangements. <laughs> well, you know, as I said to you, God doesn't speak to us the way human beings do. It wasn't an audible voice. It was more like a spiritual knowing or a witness if I can call it that, in the spirit, knowing deep down inside of me, and I knew exactly what I had to do. 
Now, listen carefully to what I'm going to say. Even though the counsel of the one who led me to the Lord at the time, because I was staying with him at that time, was telling me not to go back to Zimbabwe, but rather to ask my wife to come down to South Africa. And there we begin a new life, away from the influence of her parents. But I didn't listen to that voice. You know why? Because I heard clearly what God instructed me to do. You see, when you hear his voice, you're not led astray. No matter which voice comes to you, you know that you know that you know that you know. So if you know, the subject is closed as, as far as you are concerned. Are you listening to me? You've got to shut your ears to every other voice. And that's exactly what I did. I got back into my car and I drove all the way back. Well, praise God, it's been 47 years now. And I praise the Lord for my wife and for the marriage we have and for the children and the grandchildren that the Lord has blessed us with. Hallelujah. You see, I knew what I heard and from whom I heard. And that's why I did not listen to that other voice. And thank God I didn't. Now, here's a principle I want you to pay close attention to. As I said, there is no substitute for hearing the voice of your good shepherd and receiving guidance directly from him. When the Lord speaks to you and makes his will known to you, the matter is closed as far as you're concerned. The only thing you need to do is obey. Amen? Shut your ears to every other voice. Do not share with just anyone what you heard from God. And this is the mistake that many of us make. I have learned this from the Apostle Paul. Here is what he said. When God spoke to him and revealed his will to the Apostle Paul, he wrote the following in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his Son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. In other words, he didn't seek the counsel of any human being. Why? Because he heard and he was absolutely sure. And then he says, Neither did I went up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. You see, Paul, when he heard, he kept his mouth shut. Amen? And he did not reveal his assignment. You see, that's why I say too many times, what we do, we run around telling everybody what God told us, even immature believers. And you know what? Asking them their opinion. And in the process of time, 95 out of 100 times, they will talk us out of the will of God. They will convince you it is not God who spoke to you because sometimes the voice of the Lord or the direction he gives you is completely contrary to human or worldly counsel or wisdom. It's illogical. Are you listening to me? So they will 
If you, you've got to be careful who you share your secrets with and what the Lord reveals to you in secret. Amen? And not only immature and carnal believers will talk us out of it, but also the devil himself will try to convince us that what we heard was not of God. And I'm reminded of an experience I had when years ago I told our then congregation what God spoke to me or revealed to me concerning building this facility. Sure, that didn't go well. Yo, their response was not favorable at all. Pastor, where are you going to find the money? Why do you want to build such luxurious facility? Uh, that's pride and arrogance. Why don't you build a shack somewhere that is not going to cost that much money? <laughs> the elders even accused me, I recall, of being proud and extravagant. And the pressure, I, <laughs> the pressure was on thick to lower my vision and to lower my expectation. Well, in the midst of all that pressure, I remember I was at a conference up in Johannesburg, and during that time of the conference, I heard the voice of the Good Shepherd saying to me, Son, do not lower your vision. Stick to what you heard from me. Thank God for his voice. Thank God for his word. Well, I did. And even though many left the fellowship, the Lord stuck with me then and helped us and enabled us to complete this task. And at that time, over 20 years ago, it was a really a major task, especially when you don't have any money. And the Lord tells you to do something that's going to cost over a million, million two hundred thousand. Today, probably, it's in the region of twenty million. Well, I've learned this, and I want to teach it to you. If you listen to man's voices, you will have man standing with you. But if you listen to God's voice, no matter how illogical it sounds, you will have God standing with you on the matter. And I would rather go with God than any other, even at the cost of great sacrifices. That's what I've learned. Are you still with me? I know that it's the longing and desire of every child of God, of every born-again believer to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and to become familiar with His voice. And yet so often we find it so difficult for many of us almost impossible to do so. And this very longing and desire to be led by His voice remains unfulfilled even though it's the desire of the Good Shepherd to hear His voice and to follow Him. Amen. So, I asked the Lord to show me why. Why is it so difficult, Lord, to hear and to discern your voice for so many of your children? And this is the answer he gave me. 
I heard the Spirit say this, Son, he said, when you study my word and meditate in it day and night, my word, the written word, becomes a living and a guiding voice to you. That's what he said. You may want to write that down. He said, son, when you study my word, when you meditate in a day and night, my word becomes a living and a guiding voice to you. Having heard that, I realized that a major obstacle in discerning the voice of the Good Shepherd is our unfamiliarity and a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. That is the number one reason. If you don't know his language, how will you understand or recognize his voice? You know what? If I'm on another continent and my wife calls me on the phone, I recognize her voice. Uh, hello? I don't have a doubt that it's my wife's voice. Why? Because I live with her. When you live with the Word of God, you won't have a problem recognizing the voice of God. Amen? When a friend calls you, even though they are thousands of miles across, someone very close to your familiar, your child, your, your wife, your husband, don't you recognize their voice? Why? Because you know them. You know them intimately. You recognize their voice, and there's no other voice like their voice. So number one reason is because we're not educated in the Word of God. And we are unfamiliar with the ways he uses to speak to us. But as we take the time to deposit his word in our hearts and in our minds through study and meditation, his word becomes a living and a guiding voice. The scripture says in the book of Isaiah, and you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the left and when you turn to the right. So God expects each one of his children to hear and to be directed by the voice of the good shepherd. Amen? That doesn't mean we don't need earthly shepherds. But no earthly shepherd, no person in this universe can replace the voice of the Lord Jesus to you. Amen? Praise God. When he speaks, we recognize it, and we respond accordingly. And I say this, that there is nothing in this world that satisfies more the human heart than having ears to hear the voice of his creator. Nothing, nothing, nothing else satisfies. It fills the emptiness, it fills the gap, whether you need encouragement, whether you need comfort, whether you need direction, whether you need guidance, whether you need wisdom. He meets all of our needs, and that includes spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, social, and financial. We don't need anything more than Jesus, folks. Praise God. Yes, we do need his body, and his body is Jesus himself. 
Amen? So, as we become knowledgeable and familiar with his word, it becomes much easier and more natural to hear his voice. And as I said, it's a voice like no other voice. It's a voice that rises above every other and becomes the guiding force in your life. It's not an emotional voice because your emotions may speak to you. It's not an intellectual voice because often your mind and your intellect will fight you not to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Amen? Are you listening? So, the voice of the Good Shepherd is the one that proceeds from deep down on the inside of us. The Spirit of God lives within your spirit. And God communicates spirit to spirit. God doesn't live in your mind. He lives in your spirit. God doesn't live in your emotions or your body. He lives in your spirit. And that's where he speaks. Hello? And when he speaks, you know. It's not foreign to you. Because it's part of who you are. Amen. So... In time, you become so accustomed to it, so familiar with it, that you learn to trust it more than any other and even base your life on it. And let me say this. Contradictory circumstances can surround you, pressurizing you to accept what you see with your physical eyes, what you feel with your emotions, and yet you pay no attention to them because the voice within you says something different. Did you get that? What you see right in front of you, the doctor shows you the x-rays. He says, that's it. You got cancer. You only got six months to live. But if you've heard the voice of the good shepherd within you, you just laugh at it. You say, that's temporary. And it's subject to change. I heard God speak. And I'm placing my trust and my faith in what I heard. Amen. The doctor may give you a bad report, as I've said. Show you the x-rays and says you're dying or unable to walk. But the voice within you. Say something different. Hello? Praise God for that voice. I have heard that voice so many times over the years. And honestly, I declare my faith. I base my life on it, even in the midst of strong opposition and pressure from those around me, not to follow that voice. And you need to do the same if you want to go further with the Lord. Are you out there? I based every major decision I made and every step of faith I took in my journey with the Lord who has become my good shepherd. I am who I am today. I have what I have today because I obeyed and followed that voice. Yes, I've experienced pressure, opposition, but once I hear and once I heard, you cannot stop me. 
Not even my wife can stop me. And she's my brakes very often. If I know I heard, subject is closed. It doesn't mean I don't discuss it with her, but I try to communicate that this is the will of the Lord for us. And this is the duty and the responsibility of every, of every head of the household. The man is the head. He must give direction to the family. Are you out there, men? And those who hear me by other means? Don't expect your wife to give direction. That is not her calling. Yes, you discuss things with her, you communicate with her, but it is your responsibility to receive direction and to guide the family in the ways of the Lord. Praise God. The voice of the shepherd, what I've experienced, comes in so many different forms and shapes, and we need to be open to that. Sometimes in a vision, I heard the voice of the Lord in a vision, number of times. Other times, it would come through the written word. Uh, Many times I've heard his voice through the written word of God. Other times through a witness, no voice, just a witness in my spirit. Other times through the mouth of your earthly shepherd. And it always, always, without exception, brings peace with it. No fear, no stress, no anxiety. It always is accompanied by the peace of God. And the peace that comes with it is a sure sign that it is the voice of the Good Shepherd. Amen? And I know some of you have experienced that. In our world today, there are so many voices coming at us all the time. Through many avenues through the radio, through the television, through friends, through politicians. So many voices coming at us. And each one brings something with it. And most of them bring fear, uncertainty, anxiety, worry, stress for your life, for your safety, for the safety of your children. Those are not the voices of the Lord. God will never come to you bringing fear or anxiety, or insecurity. Never. For the word says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Are you out there? I don't know why. Honestly, I don't know why we pay attention to so many other voices that do not bring the peace of God. And we are anxious, and we are troubled, and we are worried about tomorrow, about the future, about our safety, about our kids, and so many other things. Stop it. You have no business listening to any other voice except the voice of the one who saved you and redeemed you with his precious blood. It brings peace. The voice of the Lord will guide you into a place of rest into a place of blessing, into a place of prosperity, into a place of abundance. Follow that voice. Study the word for yourself. 
Don't wait to come on Sunday for pastor to feed you. He may preach a very good sermon, but that's not enough. Amen? You don't eat a meal once a week, do you? Hello? If you do, you'll die. You won't last very long. And yet so many believers, they will feed their spirits once a week, but they will stuff their bodies three times a day. And then they wonder, why don't I hear the voice? Oh, there's none of you here do that anyway. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to give you some kind of a formula that will help you recognize and discern the voice of the Lord. Neither am I saying that it's going to be easy. It's going to take diligence on your part. It's going to take effort from you where the Word of God is concerned. And if you're willing to put in the effort, you will be richly rewarded. Our spiritual senses, remember, we don't just have physical senses because we're not just a body, folks. We have a soul. We are a spirit being. We have spiritual senses. We have the sense of hearing in the spirit, the sense of seeing, the sense of discerning, even the sense of smelling in the spirit. Amen. And I've learned that our spiritual senses can only be developed in an atmosphere where the Word of God is given top priority. You know what that means. It means the Word first, above all else. And I know for many of you, many of God's dear children the Word of God has not been given that kind of priority. We have allowed other things to capture our focus. And God's Word has lost its value. It's lost its significance in our lives. And we've got to get back to that. Back to the Word of God. That's the only way. We have allowed family. We have allowed children. We have allowed work. We have allowed pleasure to take the preeminence in our walk with God. And when you do that, you're unable to hear His voice. All those other things, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, Jesus said they enter in and they choke the Word of God. They choke the voice of the Lord. Worry is a sin. Fear is a sin. Hello? We're so quick to judge the sexually immoral, but so slow to say anything about the fearful. Hello? That's why you're not hearing the voice. Not because you are not his own, but because you have opened your heart to these other things. And in the process of time, they have choked and drowned the voice of your shepherd. So now, you're looking to men to guide you. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? We ask everybody we see. Hello? And to instruct you in the way you should go. Listen, family. God the Father, to raise up people 
He desires to raise up people who are led and guided by His Spirit and His voice. You get that? That's the desire of our Heavenly Father. Because the Word of God says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can substitute that or say, as many as are led by the voice of God, they are the sons of God. You see, sons are led from within. Are you with me? But children are governed by external circumstances. Oh, they say, if the Lord closes this door, then that's fine. That's, you know, the devil can open doors and close doors. Well, you know why? Because he's the God of this world. Lord, if it's your will, open that door for me. He might do, he might not. Or the devil might oblige you and open that door for you. He has authority in the physical realm. Amen? It's not a safe guide to be guided by external circumstances. Are you with me? So, sons are led from within. Remember this, children by external means. They are under tutors, Paul says to the Galatians. Children are under tutors and governors until they mature. They come to an age of maturity, then they are released to make their own decisions. Otherwise, they put into, under laws, under regulations, many in the will and in the last will and testament, they have a lot of wealth. They say, I leave it to my, to my son, but he's not allowed to touch it until he's 18 or 21. Why? <laughs> you know why. So he's been put under tutors and governors. And that's what happens also with Christians. Amen. And when we mature, we are able to take on the responsibilities of the kingdom. That's why the necessity to grow up and to mature in the things of God and in the things of the Spirit. Sons are led by the fathers, whereas children are governed by rules and regulations. Those of us who have you know, we had young children at one time. Your bedtime is not past 7.30 in the evening. Rule number one. Are you there? Supper time, 6 o'clock, you need to be at the table. Amen? You got to brush your teeth, you got to show me before you go to bed. Why? You put children under rules and regulations because they're children. Uh, you don't do that to the 21-year-old, do you? If you do, there's something wrong. <laughs> you failed as a parent, right? I don't believe in giving all this freedom to young children who can't manage and don't have the wisdom to make their own decisions. Are you with me? Many parents are guilty of that. Too much freedom. I'd rather lean on the strict side than on the other side. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? <laughs> so you regulate people you cannot trust. Am I right? But people you trust, what do you do? 
You release them. You give them liberty and freedom to make their own decisions based on the knowledge they have gained through the Father's impartation, influence, and training. Amen. I recall my eldest daughter, when, when she grew up, when she was, what, 20, 21, she said, Mom, I can still hear your voice at the back of my head speaking to me. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I say this with sincerity and with sadness in my heart. The church of the Lord Jesus is in anguish today, groaning under the yoke of slavery. But the saddest part of it all is that it refuses to grow up and mature. This is so sad. Paul the Apostle, this father figure that overshadows all every other earthly father, bears down his soul in anguish as he agonizes over the churches in Galatia due to their unwillingness to grow up and mature in the things of the Lord. Listen to what he says to them. Listen to his anguish of heart as he writes to them. He says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Can you hear his heart? He calls them his little children for whom he labors in the Spirit. For what? Until, he says, Christ in you is fully formed and fully matured to the point where you are no longer children, where you are no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and by every deceptive spirit that is loosed in the world today. And until they are no longer so gullible, so susceptible to deception from those who wanted to take them back under the law. You see, a spiritually mature person is led and is guided by the voice of the Good Shepherd as he learns to recognize that voice from which vessel or avenue that voice chooses to come from. Amen? Many in the church are unable to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And as a result, they are deceived because this is an age of massive deception, folks. Even believers who have been in the Lord for years, they're not exempted from that. They have no discernment. They fall prey to every charlatan that comes along. As a result, they suffer greatly, both spiritually as well as financially many times fall into traps. I hear of pastors. I hear of Christians. They put money there. They've invested money in this pyramid scheme, in this quick scheme, get rich, and all of that, they lost it. But if they had listened to the voice, the voice would have led them and guided them around those traps of deception, folks. Amen. And when 
when you, when you can't recognize the voice of your good shepherd, what happens many times is you fall into spiritual ditches. Yeah? Traps laid down for you by the devil himself. And then they cry out to God complaining, Lord, why did you let this happen to me? I thought you loved me. How could you allow this to happen to me? Have you heard anything like that? Yeah, I've heard many times. Sometimes people don't have the courage to verbalize it, but in their hearts they blame God. They blame God for the loss they suffered. They blame God for this that has happened to them. Why didn't God stop it? He couldn't. He couldn't? Yes, he couldn't. He couldn't override your will. Amen? What they don't know, and listen carefully, is while they were headed into the ditch, God, who is the loving Father, tried so hard to communicate with them and warn them of these traps. Constantly. But they were unable to hear his voice, nor receive his warnings. They were deaf to his voice. So they went right into the ditch. What could God do? Huh? At one time he had to speak through the mouth of a donkey because the prophet was so dull and so deaf that he couldn't see the angel that stood in front ready to take his head off. So the donkey spoke up. I mean, the donkey was more sensitive than the prophet himself. Yeah. You read the, the portion of Scripture where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Remember that? He looked at Jerusalem and he wept. And he said, oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem who stones the prophets because you did not recognize the time of your visitation None of these buildings that you see will stand up. They will come a day when everything will be destroyed because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. They didn't recognize the one who stood right in the midst of them, who was able to offer them blessing and protection from all of their enemies. But they rejected him and they stoned him and they crucified him. Therefore, he says, now your house is left desolate. And we, see, and we see sometimes good people, Christian people, in our own view. And they go through so much suffering, so much heartache, so much pain. And you wonder, where is God? God was there all the time, trying to prevent it. I recall the testimony of Kenneth Copeland who said God told him to go to Oral Roberts University, spoke to him. And instead of heading that way, he got into his car with his family and he drove the other way to go to a church that offered him a job as a minister, some kind of a minister. And on the way, a truck hit him got out of its lane, smashed right into him. 
Thank God, if it were not for the mercy of God and the angel of the Lord, none would have survived. And then he recalls later, he said, because of my disobedience, I almost lost my family and my life. Folks, these are serious matters. Are you listening to me? Take pains to hear the voice of the Lord. Don't make decisions based on your emotions, based on your feelings, based on your reactions of what they've done to you, what they said about you. Take time to wait on God until you hear. Amen. How many times through the years I have warned young ladies, young men, not to proceed with certain relationships. I couldn't stop them. They made up their minds. This is the man for me. This is the girl for me. Years down the road, after they got married and have children, they come crying, asking for help. It's too late then. These are, these are real testimonies I'm sharing with you. Oh, God, please, pastor, help me. Pray for me. Why? Because my marriage has become unbearable. They end up breaking up. Children suffer. But if they had listened in the first place, none of this would have happened. But you see, we get so bent out of shape, being fully convinced that we heard. But what you heard is your idol speaking to your heart. You didn't hear the Lord. You heard your own idol that you have placed and made in your own heart. And sometimes our idols will speak to us. We go to God, but we have an idol in our heart. And you know what's going to happen? That idol will speak to you and will tell you what you want to hear. Amen? Are you listening? Listen good, especially young folk. Amen? I recall how often have I agonized before the Lord, pleading with him to deter them from such decisions, but all in vain. God would not hear me because he could not override their will. And then other times, how many times I've tried to dissuade people from pursuing their own soulish desires. Or they want to buy that house. The Lord spoke to me. This is my house. Can you afford it? Oh, we, we will make it, yeah. It wasn't the Lord who spoke to them. It was their own idol that they put in their heart. Are you still out there? So they went ahead and bought the house. A couple of years down the road, they had to sell it, make a loss. Did the Lord guide me? Oh, no, I'm so confused. I heard the Lord say that. No, you didn't hear the Lord. What you heard is your own idol speaking to you. Amen? So, you know what happens often is when believers are not trained, listen carefully, in the word of righteousness, they hear voices, they sound so familiar with God's voice, so similar. The Bible says that even Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. Did you read that in your Bible? If you're a Bible student, you must have read it. 
He can transform himself and appear as an angel of light. But upon further examination, using the word of God as the discerner, Hebrews 4.12 says, no one else can discern except the word of God. He will discern between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and will pierce and divide and show you clearly what's of God, what's of you. The word of God is the discerner. So upon clear examination by the one who knows the word, they can tell this, this desire, this voice did not originate from God, but from their own desires which come from the soul and not from the spirit. Yes, the idols in our heart will speak to us and tell us what we want to hear. And the reason being is because we have not fully surrendered our lives, our possessions, our children, all to the Lord. Say, Lord, all is yours. I am yours. I surrender everything and have an open mind. And if God calls you to put your Isaac on the altar and put the knife into him, you do it. Because he knows better than you do. Amen? Praise God. So this is the thing. If you're not trained in the word, and you hear some voice telling you to do something, or have a strong desire to pursue certain things or directions, go to your earthly shepherd. He's the next best thing. Because your shepherd has been appointed to watch for your soul. They are called watchmen. What do they do? They watch over your soul. Because one day they're going to give an account for every soul that was committed to their care. Go to your earthly shepherd and present what you heard and ask him to discern with you. I'm preaching to a very quiet congregation. (sighs) And he will discern. Before you go ahead and make your plans. Now don't make your plans assuming you heard and then you go, Pastor, this is what I want to do. Can you pray over it? Stamp it and bless it for me, please. That doesn't work, folks. Forget it. Don't even come to me with that. Amen? Don't make your plans based on what you thought you heard and then ask your shepherd to pray and bless them. Be open to receive truth even if that is not what you want to hear. It will help you in the long run, folks. It will help you. It may not be pleasant right there and then and it may be painful, but listen. (laughs) Somebody said truth got to hurt you before it heals you or restores you. Not many people have the courage to face the truth and to be confronted with the truth and to be changed by the truth. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus seeking truth. Tell me, what must I do to inherit? Keep the command. But those I kept from my, from my youth, from my young age. And he says, one thing you lack. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, come follow me. 
That was the truth. He was seeking truth. He didn't have the courage to face it and be changed by it. He walked away, and Jesus let him walk away. He will let you and I walk away too if we don't want to face the truth and be changed by it. Amen. As I close, be open to receive truth, even if that is not what you want to hear. Say to the Lord, Lord Jesus, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And God gives us many strong warnings regarding these matters and encourages us to listen to wisdom and instruction. Listen to what Hebrews 12.25 says in the Passion Translation. Make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. And those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? There it is. God the Father will warn us again and again. But if we refuse to listen, he leaves us to our own devices. Even though he knows we will hurt ourselves, we will hurt others, he cannot override our will. Let's stand and pray this prayer together, please. I want you to, if you want to be led by the Lord, pray this prayer in sincerity, in truth, and in honesty from your heart. Say to the Lord, Lord Jesus, open my ears to hear your voice. Open my eyes to see your truth. Open my heart to embrace your will, regardless of the cost I may have to pay. I ask this, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.